and welcome to the 111 episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me as always is Roger Entner. How are you doing, Roger? I'm great. I'm excited. 111, you know? I know. That's a big number. We've yeah. been doing this for a while. Yeah, and November is coming up, 11, and all of these things. Yeah, very you know, fortuitous. It's good stuff. So, Roger, this week we have another earnings episode. Uh, we've heard from the rest of the uh, national carriers, so T-Mobile, Charter, and Comcast reported last week. Who do you want to start with? Well, let's start with T-Mobile. Okay. They did very well, right? Mm-hmm. 854,000 voice net ads, 1.6 million total net ads, five, what was it, 78? slightly more than last quarter, FWA, lower churn than Verizon again. You know, they've had, a, they've had a killer, killer quarter. I think they had the best iPhone launch that they've ever had, and it shows up in the numbers. You know, we hinted last week that we thought, or I thought that AT&T and T-Mobile would be neck and neck, and T-Mobile actually pulled pulled by on uh, on phone net ads more than I thought they would. So congratulations there. On the other hand, yes, somebody brought it up at the earnings call that, oh, you only added uh, a little bit more than last quarter to fixed wireless. You know, what's wrong with you? And, and Mike Sievert rightfully said, like, look, we did another record quarter. And you complain that that we our record quarter wasn't record enough, right? Well, I think I think that the comment was it was it was more nets than anybody else combined, right? On the on the yeah, side, but I thought they they could have done more. I think the the first two months in that quarter were probably a lot stronger than what is it the September quarter? Yeah, month. I mean it's interesting. I, I've started to see ads that I know they're run. I'm pretty sure being run nationally run by Comcast that are they're kind of the, the vampire family that has to get up in the middle of the night because the network is congested. I think they're clever ads. I'm not sure that's a reality for a lot of people. Uh, we haven't heard a lot of complaints about FWA congestion yet, but I think it's an effective ad, right? Yeah, the basis for that ad is apparently Ookla data that shows that during the day, the FWA speeds are low. I haven't seen that Ookla data. I just heard that now in our net promoter score numbers for fwa it hasn't hurt them right right they have both verizon and and t-mobile fwa still have the strongest uh, net promoter scores that we see this might change i think the slowdown maybe happened because they instituted the metered pricing and slowed down in urban markets and we saw that they shifted, that T-Mobile shifted more to rural market selling for FWA away from urban areas where, where they like were growing like gangbuster up until they, they had challenges with, with capacity. Right? Well, it's interesting in the FWA world, they're now starting to report out their prepaid FWA product. And, and really, if you think about it, I think FWA is uniquely suited for the prepaid market in the sense that it's a lower price point than a lot of other alternatives 
you don't have to drill a hole in the side of your house. So if you're a renter and you may not have permission to do that, then things like fiber or, or even cable may not be available to you. And they reported that they had 90,000 fixed wireless prepaid net ads, right? So that's coming from the metro side of the house. Verizon is also starting to sell FWA on the prepaid side uh, through Straight it's Talk. Straight Talk, yeah. Yeah, so I think it's interesting to see kind of the the market evolve with respect to prepaid and FWA. I think that's a, it's a it's a very attractive price point, no matter who you are, but uh, particularly if you're a little more resource constrained, um, like a lot of prepaid customers are, uh, I think it's a very attractive product and better than a lot of alternatives out there. When we switched then to the cable guys, both Comcast and Charter had had ads on uh, broadband, right? Mm-hmm. And AT&T grew strongly on, on with fiber, but gave it up on DSL. So there's life in, in fixed broadband. And there's an, 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 a need for and a, and a solution for both, right? And the question is where and how and, and all of that. But yeah, both Verizon and, and T-Mobile right now are kicking it out of the, and T-Mobile is kicking more with FWA, mm-hmm. right? But both Comcast and Charter had record wireless net ads, right? And Comcast broke four million, and with what three hundred and thirty-three, I think. Net three thirty-three. Yeah. Yep. And Charter had three ninety-seven. Really strong numbers. And if that trend continues, right? This quarter was Comcast with five million subs. Charter is at four point seven. They will probably hit five million next quarter. Next quarter. And their SOGA is going up and their net ads are going up. And, and so it's really fascinating to see how, how they're beating the crap out of each other in their respective core markets, right? Right. Well, I mean, that's where the, that's where the Verizon net ads went, right? So if you, if you were to take the 396 and the 333. Well, it went, it went in a lot of ways, right? But Right. And, and you know that now, Com- now Cox is coming. We would expect Cox to to have a nationwide launch by the end of the year, right? They, they're still uh, trialing there, so the barbarians are at the gate, and and they're breaching the walls. Some of them. So a couple of other things I thought were interesting. One, the handset replacement rate went down this quarter. Talk to me a little bit about kind of what you're seeing there and, and what, what potentially is driving that given given that this was, you know, an iPhone launch quarter as well. Well, it was an iPhone launch, what, for two weeks. And so I think there was a lot of anticipation for it that depressed the the, the beginning 10 weeks of that quarter. And then I think, you know, Apple admitted it in their earnings call that they have trouble manufacturing enough Pro Max devices in the market. And so I think a lot of customers here in the US, and we, we've run data around it, are disproportionately interested in the Pro Max because you can trade the device in and then you get a Pro Max for $5 a month. That's a killer sweet deal, right? Yep. If you can get one in your hands. And so I think we will see the handset replacement rate going up 
Well, it, it always goes up in Q4 because there's so many yeah, and deals, the right? I mean, upgrade quarter is Q4. You know, it's they're putting the toe in in the last two weeks or so. And this one should be a sweet, sweet upgrade deal because the deals were very interesting. But I want to point out that, uh, and I think we talked about it last week, about the promotional, the, 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 the content promotion attachment to the various plans. So Verizon Consumer lost customers with the the biggest lineup for content. And I know you will say me, Roger, you always hate content and you always <laughs> dump on it, right? T-Mobile did the best with 854 with Netflix and, and uh, what is it, Paramount Plus. Which is, by the way, the largest the largest content provider, right? So I'm not yeah. sure you can draw a straight line between content and whether or not you do well or not. Exactly. There, there is no content. And, and T-Mobile went to market with nothing. And they still got 700,000. You mean AT&T? Yeah, exactly, AT&T. So AT&T went the hardest in, bought, bought the farm, had to sell it again. And now learned the lesson, and it doesn't hurt their growth because it comes back to internal differentiation. What differentiation do you bring to the table? Well, I think the big thing that they've done is they've they've turned the spigot off on churn by offering everybody the same deals, and and using that consistent marketing message over a long period of time. So by this point, most people have been seeing the last year and a half, two years ad saying you know everybody gets the best deal and in fact their iphone ads with lebron james that i thought were quite quite good hammer that home again right so the idea that you know if you have a hole in the bottom of your bucket it's hard to fill it up uh, i think has really resonated in dallas in the sense that they're stopping the bleed in terms of churn in a way that you know i don't think verizon is at this point and t-mobile really benefited from uh, from not raising prices in terms of net ads. So one of the, the, the analysis that we will do is who actually benefited financially more from that? Was it raising prices or was it adding customers? And adding customers more than they would have done otherwise. Because if you add 700,000 at AT&T with a price increase and you add 850 something with no price increase, was the 150k or so worth it? But then it's an academic conversation because T-Mobile is not allowed to 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 raise prices. Nor do they want to. Right? Everything right. is going right for them. So as part really of their well. merger settlement, they they have to keep prices consistent over a period of time. Yeah. And I thought what was interesting, I asked Kelly Field, T-Mobile. And a, and a shout out, they're the only ones who take questions from Twitter. And T-Mobile and Mike Seward is very kind to, when I ask a question, to actually take it from me. And I really, really appreciate it. And I always ask Kelly Field on business on how she's doing. And Mike this time opened with how well they were doing. And Kelly then added to my conversation that they are really double-digit gains, percentage gains, quarter over quarter over quarter, sometimes four quarters back. And 
Mike also gave then the the or, or Kelly gave the explanation that what we're actually seeing here because he said like how can it be that everybody is a winner and the the, the answer is that they're seeing that the business segment is actually expanding right and I want to add to to this a little bit that a couple of uh, months ago you know I I created a ruckus by saying Oh look, AT&T is growing so heavily in in FirstNet they're taking a bite out of out of Verizon. And Verizon rightfully, you know, called me up and said like Roger you're wrong. And I'm like, okay, show me how I'm wrong, right? And I was wrong because what's actually happening there is they're like 70 something thousand agencies. And you know, the two of them are combined, Verizon and AT&T combined, have maybe 50,000. And so what we're seeing the first responder market, similar to the business market, is that the, the market is expanding. Because I didn't know that there are police departments out there where the police officers have to use their private phone for police business. That's like a cus- uh, an evidence custody nightmare, right? And so what we're actually seeing and why everybody is not only growing in business, but also growing in the first responder market is that more first responder agencies are giving their customer, their, their employees, either department-issued devices, and that's how both Verizon and and AT&T are winning, or that they can be with their individually owned and paid device be on the FirstNet network. And so the pie is actually getting bigger. And I thought that like everybody had signed up. And so I was very happy to learn that that's happening. You know, T-Mobile is also growing in the in the first responder market. So it's again a market that you know there's still twenty thousand agencies, uh, first responder agencies out there that are up for grabs, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot mm-hmm. of them are like volunteer fire brigades and stuff like that. So you always learn something new, and I'm happy to share that. Absolutely, great. Well, thanks for the time, Roger. We'll uh, we'll talk to you next week. Talk to you next week.